Our theme, our theme today is we shall overcome. We shall overcome. As I look into this new year of 2022, I know that there will be many joys that you and I will experience, but I've been around long enough to know that there will also be a variety of challenges that we will all go through. And a couple of, two or three weeks ago, I was praying, saying, Lord, what, what should I speak on uh, at our New Year's Eve service? And then about a week and a half ago, we shall overcome. I believe this message is going to help many of you here in the sanctuary and many viewers and others who will hear this message in the weeks to come. Praise the Lord. I invite you to turn in your Bible, please, to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel, and if you are able to stand, would you stand, please, for this reading from 1 Samuel chapter 30. This chapter takes us back about a thousand years B.C. That's approximate time frame. And here is the account. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziglag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Nezhev and Ziglag. They had crushed Ziglag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring me the ephod. That's E-P-H-O-D. So Abiathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out, and they came to the brook Besor. But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued to continue the pursuit with 400 men. Along the way, they found an Egyptian man in a field and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins, for he hadn't had anything to eat or drink for three days and nights. Before long, his strength returned. To whom do you belong and where do you come from? David asked him. I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite, he replied. My master abandoned me three days ago because I was sick. We were on our way back from raiding the Carathites in the Negev, the territory of Judah, and the land of Caleb, and we had just burned Ziglag. 
Will you lead me to this band of raiders, David asked. The young man replied, If you take an oath in God's name that you will not kill me or give me back to my master, then I will guide you to them. So he led David to them, and they found the Amalekites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout that night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said. Let us pray, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, I pray now that you would just open up our minds and hearts to the great truth contained in this part of your Holy Bible. Lord, may you reach out by your Holy Spirit to those here in the sanctuary of Rosewood Church of the Nazarene and others who are viewing online. Lord, may you touch all of our hearts and may you help and challenge and inspire and correct and redirect and may your Holy Spirit help us to go away with something you especially want us to know and experience and act upon through this message. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Please feel free to be present, to, to be seated. <clears throat> well, my friends, we shall overcome. There are some principles that come out in this story that can really assist you and you and you and you up in the balcony and each one of us to overcome. And the first truth, the first truth that can help us to overcome is this. We shall overcome when we find strength in the Lord. Amen? So beautifully sung by Keola just a few moments ago. We shall overcome when we find strength in the Lord. David found himself in a crisis, in a very critical situation. While David and his soldiers were away at war, their enemies, the Amalekites, had raided his town of Ziglag. They burned it to the ground, burned it down, and the Amalekites carried off the women, the children, their belongings and livestock, everything they could put their hands on. Verses 3 and 4 tell us how David and his men were in agony. Verse 3 says, When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept. Hear that. They wept until they could weep no more. They wept until they could weep no more. And certainly all of us can understand their pain. Not only that, Notice what verse 6 says. Notice what verse 6 says. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk about stoning him. They began to talk about killing him, killing their leader. That's what they were talking about. 
The next part of verse 6, however, says, But David found strength. David found strength in the Lord his God. Isn't that beautiful? Amen? David found, say that with me, David found strength in the Lord his God. That's a new living translation. The King James Version says, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now some of you might be wondering why all the men were thinking of, of killing David. Well, it, it's probably because they thought that if David had not led, led them off to another mission, they probably or maybe would have been home to defend their families and defend their town. Uh, furthermore, as many of you know, when something bad happens, there is a tendency for people to blame someone, and often that someone is the leader, whether or not he or she had anything to do with it. Do you understand that? All right. Now, I want you to notice how in a very painful and dangerous situation, as verse 6 says, David found strength in the Lord, in the Lord his God. Marvelous. My friend, whatever financial, as we look ahead to this new year, whatever financial or family or work or school, health or other hardship you might face, this coming year, remember that David found strength in the Lord and say to yourself, I too shall find strength in the Lord. Amen? I too shall find strength from the Lord. And also, remind yourself, remind yourself of other Bible verses that speak of the strength that the Lord is able to give. Wonderful verses such as Psalm 46, verses 1 and 2. God is our refuge and strength. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Amen? Also remind yourself of a verse like Isaiah 41, verse 10. God is speaking and he says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. Isn't that beautiful? I will strengthen you and help you, says the Lord. Marvelous. That's what the Lord says to us. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hallelujah. Praise God. We can be optimistic about this new year because the Lord says he is our strength. Many of you know about Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who was an American Baptist minister, an activist who became the most visible spokesman and leader in the American civil rights movement from 
about 1955 until his unfortunate and terrible assassination in 1968. Reverend King worked tirelessly and peacefully to promote equality and justice for people of all races and cultures and economic levels, especially for, for African Americans. He fought, Reverend Dr. King fought to, to end laws that were unfair, that were unfair to African Americans and to other races and cultures in, in uh, the US and around the world, really. He tried hard, he tried hard to stop segregation and prejudice. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. told of how in the height of the civil rights movement, when so much was coming against him, so many people were coming against him and so many problems were building up, he felt overwhelmed. He felt he, felt he just couldn't handle it anymore. He didn't know if he could carry on. And to make matters worse, one evening in the middle of the night, the phone rang. When he answered, there was a very angry voice telling him that he was not wanted in that town, that he was going to be harmed if he didn't leave their town. Dr. King was so distressed that he could not go back to sleep. He began to pace the floor back and forth, exhausted. He tried to think of a way that he could quietly, quietly bow out of leading the civil rights movement without looking like a coward. Feeling overwhelmed, feeling overwhelmed with all of his courage gone, he prayed and he said, God, I'm here taking a stand for what I believe is right, but I am so afraid. I'm afraid, he said. I'm at the end of my ability. I have nothing left to give. He said, I cannot continue, dear God. Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., then goes on to tell this. He tells of how at that moment, at that moment when he felt he could no longer continue, at that moment he felt the hand of God. He felt a divine a divine presence strengthening him, strengthening him, encouraging him, breathing new life into his spirit. And he said from then he was able to move forward and continue on. My friend, God has his ways of strengthening Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And God has his ways of strengthening you and me in 2022. Amen? Amen. We shall overcome when we lean upon the strength of the Lord. All right. Let me take you to a second marvelous truth. 
and it is this. We shall overcome whatever comes our way. We shall overcome when we look for a solution. When we look for a solution to a problem instead of blaming and criticizing someone. All right? We shall overcome when we look for a solution to a problem instead of blaming and criticizing someone. This truth came to my mind and continues to come to my mind as I read verse 6, which says, David, David was now in serious danger because his men were very bitter about losing their wives and children, and they began to talk of stoning him. When I read that, when I read that, I said to myself, here are these people who know, who know that David himself, their leader, has lost all of his own belongings, has lost his house, whatever kind of house he had, has lost his property. More importantly, they knew as well, more importantly, they knew that his own family members had been taken away, like the others. In theory, in theory, the, the others, the other men should have been trying to encourage their leader. Is that too much for me to think? To think possible? Come on now. I, I, I would have thought that you know, they, they, they'd be trying to encourage their leader. Instead, they add to his suffering by talking about killing him. In this new year, my friends, in this new year, whether it is in your family, at work, at school, in church, or with your neighbors, there will be issues or there will be problems whatever you want to call them, there will be obstacles that will come up, that will arise. And you've gone through them this past year as well in different forms. There can be a temptation to blame and criticize someone for whatever happened. That often happens with people. There's a temptation to blame and criticize. You will overcome you will be more victorious if you look for a solution to the problem. Amen? You'll be more victorious if you look for a solution to the problem instead of blaming and criticizing whoever it is, whether it's your husband or wife, your son or daughter, your mother, your father, your friend, your, your, your co-worker, someone in church, whoever it might be. Right? I, uh, I have to constantly remind myself of this truth, that is, this truth of, of, um, of looking, looking for a solution, looking for a solution, whether it's a personal issue or whether it's uh, a matter in our church. Uh, for example, on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day at about 9 p.m., the person in charge of our worship team for that Sunday, for Sunday, December 26th, phoned me up and told me that one of the key major musicians 
scheduled for Sunday morning service, was not going to be able to be present for a reason that was out of that person's control. It wasn't his fault. I said to the leader, I said to the leader of that worship team who had phoned me, I said, okay, please get a paper and pen and let's find a solution. Let's write down as many solutions as we can think of in this last minute venture that we have to solve. I think we wrote down six possible solutions uh, and then in the end, in the end, we actually went with a seventh possibility which we initially hadn't thought of, but he, he had fortunately thought about it a little bit later. Now, I am confident, I'm confident that anyone who heard the worship team on Sunday, December 26th, would have been very blessed by their music. Amen? And I don't think any of you would have known that we had, we had overcome a major worship team challenge very late on Christmas Day. All I'm saying is, as we move into a new year, let us more and more train ourselves, teach ourselves, train yourself to look for a solution to a problem instead of blaming and criticizing someone. And this is how you and I will overcome more and more often. Is there an amen in the house? Right? Amen. Wonderful preaching, Pastor Nick, whether anyone thinks so or not. Amen, amen, amen. I think I'll just get a drink of water, all right? For those of you who wonder why sometimes I need a drink of water, some, some, sometimes my, my mouth just gets dry. All right. All right, let me take you to a third beautiful truth. It is this. We shall overcome when we pray and seek the Lord's direction. We discover this truth from uh, verses 7 through 9. Verse 7 through 9 reads, Then he said, that's David, Then he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out, and they came to the brook Bessor. They came to the brook Bessor. Now in verse 7, David asks for the epod, E-P-H-O-D. Now some of you might be wondering what that is. The epod was basically a, a big linen apron worn in Hebrew religious Rituals. It was very ornate, very beautiful. Sometimes you might want to just look, look it up, look it up uh, and just appreciate the beauty of the epod. And the bottom line, the bottom line, my friends, is that, is that 
David, David prayed for and sought out the Lord's direction. That's what the Bible tells us there. He sought the Lord's guidance. Now, in this instance, it seems like the Lord gave him an immediate answer to his prayer. Now, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? It'd be lovely if, if you and I got an immediate answer to prayer all, all the time, but you and I know that that doesn't always happen. I think uh, even, even in terms of what I, I was, I, in, in terms of what I felt the Lord wanted me to speak on, preach on tonight, it, it took, uh, what, I don't know, about a week or, or a week and a half or two weeks before I had the answers to what I should preach on tonight. But anyway... David sought the Lord. And sometimes the Lord gives us an answer right away. Other times, for reasons we might not understand, we have to pray about a matter for days, weeks, months, and sometimes for years. Right? Now, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage all of us here in the sanctuary and online viewers to pray and to seek the Lord's direction in, in whatever we experience in this new year. Seek the Lord's direction about important decisions you need to make this year. And I believe Pastor Lisa's message this Sunday, January the 2nd, is going to help all of us in terms of making wise decisions. So I hope you won't miss that message of hers. Let's pray and seek the Lord's direction about discovering God's will for your life. Amen? Seek the Lord about what ministry you should get involved in here at, at Rosewood and elsewhere. I, I, was so, I was so pleased to see a, a young man, a young man uh, on, on the drums with our worship team tonight for the, the first time that I, that I can recall Anybody know who the young man on the drums was? Huh? How about, how about I have his mother shout out his name? All right. That, that's young Josiah. Young Josiah. And, and uh, I think it... Give him a hand. All right. We're always delighted to see young people take part in ministry and use their talents for the Lord. Amen? When I was talking with his mom uh, earlier when the worship team was practicing, I, I, think, I think, Mom, you, you said you started him on, on drums and music when he was just a little, little, little guy. Two, age two. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, th this past week I watched a little video that my son, I guess it was my son, sent with, with his two-year-old son drumming away. <laughs> drumming away, and uh, the caption was, the caption was, um, uh, the future worship team for Connect Church of the Nazarene. <laughs> Connect Church is uh, a daughter church that we started a few years ago, uh, just east of us here. Anyway, we, we, we want to pray and seek the Lord's direction about everything. Seek his direction about who you should marry if you are single. Young people, young people, start to pray if you haven't already started. Start to pray about who it is that God would want you to marry. What man or what woman? 
Think about the, the qualities that that person should have. Think about the fact that he or she should, should put Jesus first in his or her life. He or she should love the Lord with all their mind, heart, soul, spirit. Amen? All right. Seek the Lord's direction about how the Lord can use you at, at school or at work to encourage someone else to put their faith and trust in Jesus, to be a blessing, a spiritual blessing. Think also about becoming, seeking the Lord's guidance about becoming a tither, a giver. To tithe, to tithe is, is to give a tenth of our regular income to the Lord's work, to the Lord's work. And I want to thank the many of you who do tithe. And for some, for some, after tonight and as we begin this new year, some of you, your New Year's resolution can be to start to be obedient to the Word of God and to begin to tithe. Amen? To start to tithe at the beginning of this new year. Amen. I remember... Uh, some years back, I remember being so blessed by a father and, in our church and, and his son, who at the time I think was 10 or 11 years old. I was blessed because um, the son had a, had a little job, uh, a newspaper route, a newspaper route. Uh, I had a newspaper route when I was a kid. How many of you have had newspaper routes? Some of you? Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I remember the father came to me and he said, Pastor, could my son maybe get a box of offering envelopes so that he learns to be a tither from an early age? And I said, oh, of course we can give him a box of tithing envelopes. And I was blessed. I was blessed by that father and son. Not so much because, of, because his son would be dropping a few dollars into the offering plate, but I was blessed more because I know that any child or teenager or adult who ties is on the right spiritual track. Beginning to tithe for, for me as a teenager was one of the most important decisions I've ever made in my life. So my friends, we shall overcome when we pray and seek the Lord's direction. All right? Whatever you come across this new year, remember, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to pray and seek the Lord's direction. Right? All right. As I look across and see this wonderful family here, mom and dad, you've prayed and sought the Lord's direction in raising your children haven't you? That's why they're angels. Most of the time. Hey, Debbie? <laughs> Robert? Most of the time. Praise God. Praise God. Yes. All right. Let me take you to a fourth beautiful truth. It is this. We shall overcome when we decide to persevere through the many buts of life. Let's look at verses 9 and 10 once again. All right? Here it is. Verse 9. So David and his 600 men set out 
and they came to the brook Besor. But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with 400 men. So here we find, we find David and 600 of his men setting out on a mission to find the enemies who burned down their town and, more importantly, took away their wives and their children. They are desperate above all. They are desperate above all to get their loved ones safely back home. You would be desperate and I would be desperate as well. 600 troops start out on the mission to bring back their loved ones. Then, however, they came to what was called Besor, B-E-S-O-R, Besor Creek, or Brook, Brook. Now, we, we don't know how small or how big a body of water Besor Brook was, but I'm, I'm pretty confident it wasn't too big. Otherwise, it would not have been called a brook. Does that make sense? Come on now. Come on. Come on. Not making sense, right? All right. Now, the important point is this. Verse 10 says, verse 10 says, But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. 200 were too exhausted. To be honest with you, I have a hard time fully understanding how a group of men who are longing to find their family members could not muster up more energy to keep going. Does that make sense to you, brother? Yeah? Now, may, maybe, maybe some of them were, were older. Maybe they weren't as young as I am. Right? Maybe some of them were, were just not in good health. And the bottom line is, 200 of the men were just too exhausted to keep going. David must have understood their extreme fatigue. He must have understood their extreme fatigue because there is no record, no record of David expressing anger towards them. I have to commend David. The second part of verse 10 says, So David continued the pursuit with his 400 remaining troops. David has just lost one-third of his troops, but he did not let that stop him, stop him with continuing on with the mission to find their stolen family members. Think about it. Verse 9, verse 9 says, So David and his 600 men set out, and they came to the brook Besor. And then verse 10 says, but, but 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross 
the brook. David made a decision to persevere through the many B-U-T-S of life. The many buts of life. You and I also have to make the same decision in order to help us, to help yourself, to help your family have a blessed and happy new year. What do I mean? Well, for most of us, there will be times in the months ahead when we will be inclined, we will be inclined to say things like this. We might be inclined to say, most things in my life were going fine. But, but, then I became ill. Or my loved one became ill. But, I lost my job. But, I was driving to work and had a bad accident. Most things in my life were going fine, but I was moving up in my, in my workplace, in my company, but suddenly they announced that the company was closing. I thought everything was going well with my children, but I got a phone call from the police telling me my daughter was arrested for shoplifting or my son was arrested for whatever. My car was running great for years, but the mechanic said the transmission has died and it's going to cost $3,000 to fix it. Or if I have it fixed at the dealership, it's going to cost $7,000. Some of you don't get that because you haven't gone through it, I guess. I hope you don't have to go through it, that is, through replacing the transmission, okay? Someone might say, I was doing so well in my schoolwork, but the final examinations were so hard and my A average got changed to a C average. Well, since I'm mentioning that, I, I, I want to commend my wife. I want to congratulate my wife. She just finished uh, a course, a course that she did, and she scored very high. She scored super high. Right, Pastor Lisa? Congratulations to my wife, Cindy. Amen. Amen. When, when she was taking courses at the University of Toronto, I was extra blessed when, when they'd send a letter saying, Cindy, because you did so well this, uh, this semester, we're giving you a scholarship for your course next year. So that was, that was nice. Anyway... Uh, someone else might say, I used to have so many friends, but now that I am trying to really live a godly, holy life, so many of my friends uh, don't want to hang out with me anymore. You know? I, someone else, I, I thought we had a, a good marriage, but my wife, but, but my wife or my husband ran off with another man or a, another woman. We were so happy, but... He died, or she died. My friends, all of us have to make decisions to persevere through the many buts of life. 
I, 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 seem, I seem to come across buts all the time in my own life. How about you? Do you come across many buts? Uh, even, uh, even what? Just over a week ago, over a week ago, uh, on the Wednesday evening, after we had Bible study and prayer uh, on Zoom at about 9.30, I hadn't had supper as yet, so once we finished Bible study and prayer, then, then I heated up my supper. It was about 9.30, and I, even, even just uh, as, I took, as I took my supper out of the, uh, the uh, microwave, I started to feel nauseated, started to feel nauseated. And then, by, but I thought, you know what, I, I've got to eat this because, you know, I reheated it, and I don't want to spoil it, right? Once you reheat, you're not supposed to reheat. So I thought, I'm going to eat and enjoy my meal, my supper. And then at about 10 o'clock on that Wednesday, 10 o'clock, I just became so, so ill. And it wasn't the food, by the way. It was not the food. It was not the food. I became so ill, so ill. And it went on for a period of time. Anyway, make a long story short, on the Thursday, the, ne the next day, I said to myself, you know what? I better go get a COVID test. I better get a COVID test because I interact with so many people. I, I want to make sure that I don't have the COVID bug. I want to make sure I don't pass it on to anyone. So I thought I better, I better get a COVID test as soon as I can get it. So I started phoning on Thursday. I started phoning, you know, phoning, trying, trying to find some place where I could uh, uh, go for a walk-in, you know, get a walk-in test. And I, I, I could not. I was not successful in finding one, okay? Uh, I don't know. There might be some. I just was not able to find it. Um, then I went through the regular, the regular procedure. I went through the regular procedure where, you know, you, you, um, you dial a certain number and, um, and then you fill out. You fill out a form online. You fill out with all kinds of information. And, and then... And then, and then the form said, well, you know, what location do you want? I think they, they had six or seven locations. Um, basically, basically, I said, anyone, anyone, I'll drive wherever. I'll just drive wherever as long as I can get it quickly. Well, then, uh, I don't know, half an hour later, they sent me an email. They sent me an email and said, okay, you have an appointment for January 6th. January 6th, I thought, that's two weeks down the road. I can't just hang out at home for two weeks. What am I going to do? Well, here's what happened. Here's what happened. They booked me for a particular location to have my test done on January the 6th. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go over and just... Lot nicely and lovingly ask if, if I could please have the COVID test Thursday, that day, that moment. Uh, so I went over, and as I was walking towards the building where they do the testing, as I was walking towards the building, guess what I saw? No walk-ins, okay? I counted eight signs, eight signs. Brother Otar, no walk-ins, no walk-ins. 
no walk-ins. I mean, every few feet, no walk-ins. And I said, Lord, this doesn't look good. But I also said, Lord, in my message last Sunday, one of my points was Mary inspires us. Mary inspires us to believe that the impossible can become possible. The impossible can become possible. I said, Lord, this is a great, this is a great opportunity to show that truth, to reveal that truth. So anyway, I went in. I went in and I was just uh, very simple and just kind about it. And I just said to the dear lady at the desk, I said, hi, I'm Pastor Nick. I'm a minister of a church and I, I really need to get a COVID test done. But uh, the computer booked me for January 6th here at your location. And I was remembering at the back of my mind, all these signs, no walk-ins, no walk-ins, no walk-ins, no walk-ins. I counted eight of them. There were more. So I, I thought, what if this lady says, sir, do you not read English? You know? Do you not read English? But fortunately, she didn't say that. I, I just said to her, you know, I've got church services coming up, and I've got other church responsibilities, and I just, I just can't be staying at home for the next two weeks. And so anyway, I told her what I had going on, and she said, boy, you, you ministers are busy. I said, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, she kindly said, sir, uh, just go to area C over there. The nurse will be right with you, and, and uh, she will give you your COVID test. Amen? Eight signs said, no walk-ins. But this pastor persevered. Pa persevered, okay? I was not obnoxious, not one bit. But I want to thank the Lord for the fact that that dear lady, that dear lady had some heart. And as I was going out, as I was leaving the building, I, uh, I thought, you know what, how can I express my gratitude? Then I remembered I had an extra Tim Hortons $25 gift certificate in my pocket. Brand new, brand new. So anyway, outside I just, I filled it out and, and wrote on there, to a very understanding lady, thank you so much, Pastor Nick. I went back through the other door, back in, walked up to her, put it on her table, and said thank you so very much. Anyway, my friends, my friends, we, we, you and I, need to make decisions to persevere through the many buts of life without being obnoxious, by the way, without being obnoxious. Amen? All right. Here's the fifth truth. Fifth truth is this. We shall overcome when we treat everyone with love, respect, and dignity. This truth came to my mind when I read verses 11, 12, and 13, where we are told that as David and his men were out on the road looking for their family members who were taken away, they found an Egyptian man in a field. And verse 11 tells us what happened. 
Along the way, they found an Egyptian man in a field and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisin, for he hadn't had anything to eat or drink for three days and nights. Before long, his strength returned. To whom do you belong and where do you come from, David asked him. I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite, he replied. My master abandoned me three days ago because I was sick. My master abandoned me because I was sick. Now David and his men could have said to themselves, they could have said, hey, we're on a mission. We're on a mission to find our, 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 our women and children. We don't have time. We don't have time for, for some lost, half-dead stranger. They could have said that. I'm sure that David and his men were wondering if the stranger might have some clues as to where the men and children, where the women and children might be. But I still have a sense that David's men primarily stopped and helped him because the half-dead man was in need. Amen? And their actions, their actions point me to this beautiful truth of treat everyone with love, respect, and dignity. That's what we want to do in this new year to come. Or here's another way of putting it. Stay open and sensitive to the needs of people around you even as you are absorbed with your own life and your own responsibility. Amen? No matter who we are, we, we, we can get so caught up in our own little world, in our own routine, in our own mission, in our own selfishness, that on occasion we'll come across a person, as happened with David's man, and we can pretend we didn't see the need or we assume or hope that someone else will help or that the government will take care of him or her. I have a lot of deep appreciation and respect for many people at our church because a lot of you are open and sensitive to the needs of people around you despite the challenges and hardships which many of you face. The last part of verse 13 really bothers me where the dear man says, my master left me behind three days ago because I was sick. That's terrible, isn't it? That's terrible. Wow. My friends, let us value each person as a very special creation of the Lord. And I give God praise for the fact that many of you have not abandoned family or friends who needed you in their time of great need. You did not desert them. You did not forget them. You helped them, and you're continuing to help them in many cases. Back in 1945-46, uh, a group of African-American women went on strike against their company in Charleston, South Carolina. They were seeking a pay raise to uh, 30 cents an hour. That's what they were looking for. They were asking for a pay raise to 30 cents an hour. And as they picketed, someone wrote a song, or they adapted a song from way back who knows when. And eventually the song became known as, We Shall Overcome. And in the 1950s and 60s, the song became 
the anthem of the civil rights movement. The song offered courage, comfort, and hope as protesters confronted prejudice and hate in the battle for equal rights for African Americans. I listened to the words of that song. In many ways, that song, We Shall Overcome, is really about treating everyone with love, respect, and dignity. Let's take a moment and watch and hear this song, We Shall Overcome. We shall overcome, we shall overcome, we shall
in 2022. Let us overcome. We shall overcome the many challenges, problems, and obstacles that come our way as we put into practice God's Word. Amen? And we shall overcome COVID. And we have overcome death because Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross to pay the price for our sin.